Should parents be alarmed about sports betting? What happens when someone who is not an expert nor lived experience raises an alarm about a concerning issue? With the Super Bowl recently finishing, March Madness on the horizon, and March being Prom Gambling Awareness Month, this is the perfect time to discuss sports betting. Andrew Broman, founder of Frugalmatic, brings his perspective about the topic of sports betting as a concerned parent. He joins this episode to talk about what he is seeing as a parent in relation to sports betting and offers tips for what parents and others can do. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier, and this podcast is a follow-up to the book I wrote called Addiction and Recovery. I am an independent clinical supervisor, clinical substance abuse counselor, and licensed professional counselor in the state of Wisconsin. In this profession, the opportunity to learn and become educated is never short, and the ongoing venture of gaining wisdom to help others is definitely a passion I possess. This is where I get to share that information with you and invite guests to share their experience and work. In this podcast, we discuss issues related to addiction, recovery, mental health, counseling, treatment, and several other areas. We discuss alcohol, drugs, gambling, gaming, pornography, and other behaviors that impacts the lives of people I work with, the individuals in their lives, and the community as well. Listen as we talk about these issues because when we don't talk about them and the silence grows, the worse it becomes. Talking about them continues to bring them into the light, which is our best way of addressing these issues and ultimately helping those who are impacted. You can find the podcast on social media with Instagram at Talking Addiction and Recovery and Facebook page with Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. You can send emails to ask questions, provide feedback, or inquire about being a guest at talkingaddictionandrecovery at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and with every episode you listen to, I hope you walk away learning something. We have a special guest with us today. Andrew Broman is the founder of Frugalmatic, and he's a former newspaper editor and prides himself on being a generalist, meaning he knows a little bit about a lot of different things. I like that. Andrew, welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is a a great topic. We've already had the chance to talk about it a little bit together, but the timing of sports betting is we're in March, which is Problem Gambling Awareness Month, so that's really important, but we just finished Super Bowl, and now we're about to approach March Madness. So those are two huge events with sports betting. And your focus has been on really youth. So there's an article that you wrote, which we're going to dive into. But I'm, I'm curious to know what got your attention on this topic that was like, this is alarming. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I... I... I, I'm not like anti-gambling per se in that I haven't taken up with any other gambling related issue. Um, but this one particularly concerns me because of the close association between youth and sports. And when I think back to my childhood, how important sports was and how much I, you know, almost worship the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, and, and, and I really had, um, such a, you know, if I think back to my um, childhood, I'd say my first romance was with baseball. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, I remember winning the little league championship, you know, at the park and rec level. And the question for me wasn't like whether I was going to play in the major leagues. It was what position I was going to play. Uh, it, you know, and I think a lot of youth go through that. And now my kids, I mean, I have them, they're very involved in sports, basketball and baseball. And we talk about the Brewers and the Packers, you know, every morning I, look at the sports section we talk about the game and so that's kind of the backdrop to this and then i then i look and i see what's happening ever since the uh and i don't know to what extent we want to get into it but ever since the supreme court ruling in 2018 allowed for this expansion of sports betting and, and i'm watching how we're seeing more sports betting messages you know advertisements um, references during pregame shows, sometimes during the show, the the game itself, and I and I'm just seeing all these references to gambling, kind of out of nowhere almost. And and my kids are, you know, they're taking in the games with me, and um, and, and, and if you think about where this is headed these professional sports and i'm just concerned kids are going to fall into gambling once they become legal gambling age and they're not even going to separate that from the experience of watching a game um and i and i feel like there's no prevention infrastructure infrastructure out there to help parents help schools um educate kids about sports betting and you know even just to show them that, you know, look, this is a separate experience from sports itself. Um, I'm not even sure that basic separation is necessarily going to happen if these sports betting companies get so entwined with sport, the sports experience. Yeah. Like you imagine like back in the day, if the, where the sports betting is now take that away. And if, that was just all like cigarette commercials <laughs> or like vaping things. Like we would, a lot of people are probably up in arms if that were the case, but when they see that it's gambling, we're not seeing as many people alarmed by it. Now there's, there's probably a good amount of parents that are. So I kind of want to know from your perspective with what you're seeing, what are, what are other parents not seeing? What is it that when they're just seeing a sports game and they see betting going across the screen or in the background, do they think their kids just aren't aware of it? Do they think it's not harmful? What do you think the other perspectives are? I mean, I've talked to a few parents about this and some of them have just been, I mean, and they're sports fans, they watch Packer games. I describe them maybe more as casual fans, but um, they were just unaware. They didn't really know what I was talking about. And then I started talking more specifically about some of the ads. Like for example, uh, there's one uh, promoting a sports book called Caesars sports book with Peyton Manning in it. And he's a famous former quarterback. Uh, And then when I talk a little bit about that, then they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, I have seen that commercial. So, you know, I don't even know to what extent parents, are fully connecting the dots as to what what's going on here. I, I'm sure plenty are, but I think this is um, happened in a um, subtle way almost 
almost, even though it's pretty prevalent, it's just kind of been packaged with the whole sporting entertainment experience that I don't really think it is drawing red flags. And I think the other um, aspect of this is that these sports betting companies have really successfully normalized sports betting. It's no longer this, it's no longer something you do at a certain place, you know, we usually think of Las Vegas as the place you gamble no longer maybe, but that has always kind of been the, been the general attitude that it's a vice that has its place in this place called Las Vegas. But what, you know, that kind of stigma has, I think, been eliminated. And, and that's really maybe a testament to the success of the marketing efforts of these sports betting companies, um, especially when you get someone like Peyton Manning involved. I mean, I think that's someone who's considered pretty reputable, pretty clean in terms of his image. And, you know, if Peyton Manning's vouching for this activity, seems pretty harmless to me. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> these former athletes, they, they promote Gatorade, they promote sneakers, you know, they promote sports betting. So what's the difference? I mean, I think that's the the message that's kind of being sent when when you look at just how the marketing has proliferated and then you know we haven't even talked about this whole there's a whole another level to this where a lot of the marketing is happening over um, smartphones and you know um, you know and that gets the, the technology that you can use to place bets is makes it even more concerning as a parent um especially no yeah, yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering if that's where some parents are like, well, my kid's not going to be able to go down to the casino and put money down on the the game or they're not going to be able to do this because of those like old school mentality of that's what gambling is. Right. So they don't think that their child could somehow gamble with sports, but there's ways around things. There's the technology. There's things like um global online casinos which is a whole nother aspect of it so part of it is i think initially a parent goes my kid can't go down to the casino and put down money so he must be okay but that's really not the world of gambling anymore and i don't know how many parents are really aware of all that different stuff because kids become more aware of technology trends you know all those things sometimes more than their parents do Sure. And I think, you know, when we when we spoke last, you made the point that a lot of the sort of mechanisms that you use to gamble appear in these non-betting type games where um, you're not necessarily betting money in the in the sense that you would in terms of, you know, picking a team to win or something like that, but you're engaging in, in a sort of online activity that involves, um, you know, the kind of, um, I guess, feedback you would get as, as someone who likes to gamble. Yeah. And someone like, not to say your kids in particular, but like kids who grow up liking sports or kids who are good at sports, kids who are really aware of sports and, follow things and like do their research it's very easy to think that they can make some good decisions on betting because of that experience and that information 
you know, so if someone's like a really good baseball player, they might think, and they watch a team all the time, they might think they can look at the numbers, they can dive into some stuff, read some information. They might think, hey, like I'm making an educated bet here. I'm not just taking a chance. Like I'm actually, <laughs> I'm putting it in my favor. And that, with gambling, that's the scary part is thinking you can outsmart the the right. chance. <laughs> well, and I think that's something that you understand as well as anybody being a counselor um you know you you actually delve into the to the psychology behind what's actually going on uh with someone who kind of falls into a, a problem gambling um and i mean that's that's a really good point um you know as a parent you know my goal comes from like a prevention standpoint like uh really what can parents do what can parents think about that will hopefully help them and their children completely steer clear of this um, so that they don't end up falling into one of these traps like you said where they start thinking um you know well i know a lot about sports i read the sports page every day i can uh, i can figure this out you know do you think gambling because of its expansion with expansion in different areas, whether it's expansion with legal gambling, whether it's expansion with where you can gamble, with how you can gamble, it's it's expanding clearly. Do you think that puts parents in a position where we have to talk about sports betting and we can't consider it that, oh, my kid just might not ever go to a casino or they might not just ever be interested in this, that it's so prevalent and available now that it's just something that you have to add in like with drugs and and bullying and like all that other stuff like does gambling Mm -hmm. do you see gambling now needs to be in those conversations i mean absolutely and um you know and i don't claim to know the perfect way to talk about it but i just think from the standpoint of education and helping them build an awareness of what it is and you know what the pitfalls are i think just that in itself goes a long ways i mean because a parent would have a similar discussion with them about drugs or alcohol and you know with drugs and alcohol too you have a culture i mean some might argue that it needs improvement but where we have a tradition where we do talk to kids about that i mean schools have curriculum Again, you can argue whether it's very effective, but at least it's out there. At least, right. at least parents know that, you know, this is a problem and we should talk about it. Um, you know, of course, schools do sometimes, some schools do this big thing before prom and, you know, they even reenact car crashes that kind of show you the, not, not the crash itself, but they'll reenact like the scene of a crash to show how alcohol can ruin a prom night. So you have these different things schools do to draw attention to this problem. But, but we're still, you know, the, the sports betting has expanded so quickly that, that I think we're just way far behind what needs to be done in terms of education with sports betting. As you talk about it, I'm just, I'm trying I'm I'm thinking what about like youth athletes you know like 
I just can imagine they're definitely a, a higher risk group, like as far as exposure, but also with risk because of their involvement. So should we look at high schools, even if you're not going to target everyone, but should they at least even try to look at like, hey, youth athletes should go through like a, a prevention course or like high school athletes should get some sort of right. sports betting type education just starting somewhere but in my mind that would be like an example of this group would concern me i i think you're right on the mark with that in fact i would go so far as to say that um state um high school athletic associations like wisconsin it's like the wisconsin interscholastic athletic association the wiaa uh, that they should be involved in this and that they should be providing guidance to coaches. Um, I don't know about like a, a curriculum, but maybe a curriculum and set aside opportunities where the coaches would say, you know, here's the message uh, that we want to discuss today about sports betting and um, it start the conversation that way. So at least these, uh, these athletes are aware of that. Um, I, I think that's a great idea. And you also mentioned it's not just like now we're like also opening the door to like it's not just parents that should be aware of this, but like now we talked about teachers with school and now we're even talking about like coaches. So not just educating like children, youth, adolescents, but also educators, coaches, parents, you know, they should be educated, be able to notice red flags or warning signs of gambling because i know they have protocols for like alcohol and drug stuff like there's other behaviors they have protocols for like if your if your star athlete gets into trouble with alcohol or something or they show up i mean there's there's these things that we know hey you've got to follow this what are you doing but do those exist for gambling and probably not yeah, you, you know, I don't think it's treated, and I think the reason is it's not treated as a public health issue uh, until gambling and sports betting and, you know, those types of things um, are treated as public health issue. I don't know that's going to be taken uh, seriously enough. I mean, that's just my opinion, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, I shouldn't say it's just my opinion. I, I, I was actually talking to an expert in the United Kingdom. He works for an addiction group. Um, his name's Jamie Torrance. And uh, the UK is further down the line on this, meaning they've had sports betting apps and online sports betting for many years. And that was his one of his points he brought up to me is that um, unless it's really treated as a public health issue, all that kind of prevention infrastructure that you might see to try to deal with uh, alcohol and drugs, it, it's going to be lacking when, when it comes to gambling. And that's where it's concerning with sports because when when you're sharing about like when you're younger and you you mentioned like the Brewers, I can think of all these different sporting events where like gambling's always been present and it, it's kind of like those low stakes where like some people put in like a couple bucks for like the hot dog race at a brewery at the brewer game. Um, and they, they, but I've seen like parents bet with like kids, you know, I've seen like parents be like, here, you can have $2, you can have $2 or they might do the 50, um, 50 raffle. They might like say, 
you know, I'm going to buy a bunch of tickets and everyone can have like one of them. So, you know, I've seen parents engage with their children with gambling at sporting events. If, if we saw them handing them a beer or giving them like drugs <laughs> right in front of us, there'd probably be like a, oh boy, that that's an alarming thing. But you don't see that when there's like these little betting gestures that seem like it's no risk. Right. I mean, it, and the, maybe in the, without the expansion of sports betting, that's not as alarming, but I think in the context of that becoming such a big thing and the leagues themselves, the NBA, the NFL, major league baseball, they're in partnership with these sports books. Um, you know, they just named the sport, the Louisiana Superdome after Caesar's, Caesars Entertainment. It's now the Caesars Sports uh, Superdome. Um, so if you do some of those things you mentioned in the context of sports betting being widely promoted, I can see how that would be easy for a kid to just kind of maybe think the next step would be to, you know, once they're of age to, you know, put actual real bets on the outcomes of, of games. And my concern so, too is that you make that point of like it's just it's merging so much that it's like it's like a highway freeway kind of merging all together and then when do you separate it how do you separate it and for some people that's not going to be very easy you know for for a majority of people it's not going to be the the concern that, that I usually see in counseling and therapy. But for, for those who do, they could be stuck on that freeway for a very long time, not really being able to separate between sports betting, just sports in general. Like it's going to mix too much. Well, and I think ultimately where the, the uh, marketing is headed, maybe they don't say it explicitly, but I think the idea is, you're not a real fan unless you have money riding on the game. You know, in order to enjoy this game fully, you need to have a bet on it. I think that's kind of like the underlying message. And, you know, I don't know to what extent you want to get into this, but so many of these sportsbook apps are, or companies, they're really targeting, and you can tell in the advertising, they're really targeting young men. Uh, and I talked a little bit about this with, with this uh, UK expert, Jamie Torrance. And what ends up happening, at least the UK experience, is that young men are the ones that get pulled into this. And they're often the ones being targeted, not just through the television ads, but also through you know, the ads they see on their phones. And, the, and um, so the, the, there are, I think there are a lot of things at play, uh, you know, in terms of how it can be easy to just kind of fall into this without even kind of recognizing the significance of it. Yeah. You make an interesting part in your article where you, uh, you talked about the, the research, there was a part where it said, you know, the, this was from like an 18 year old until I started losing and realizing what a mess gambling was getting me into the ads were making it all look so easy to earn quick cash as a guaranteed win. So my thing too is almost is our like youth going to see 
sports gambling as a quicker or easier way to just make money to to earn earn a buck or earn not just a buck but they make it look like you're gonna like caesar's palace you're gonna be like rags to riches from gambling so is that aspect too that it's like is this gambling it's not gonna be looked at as risky it's not gonna be looked at as like a problem but it's almost gonna be then seen as hey this is a way where you can actually gain money where you can actually get some income right well you see that too in some of the ads where they're offering promotions for opening an account i remember um watching some baseball games last year where there was a promotion where if your team gets a hit you win your bet so um for your first bet so you could bet on the uh on on a baseball game and as long as your team you know, didn't get no hit, uh, you'd win the bet. As long as they got one single hit, I'm sure for some people, they're like, yeah, that's a, that's an easy win. Um, so, you know, on top of everything else we've talked about in terms of how someone can fall into this, they're being given these promotions, they're being given these incentives to make them feel like, hey, this is, this is maybe a path to easy money. And you also mentioned that when we talked about this before, that it also seems like the mix with sports betting um, with the amount that's shown, we talked before about like celebrities and, and athletes showing gambling and all this kind of stuff. Like when is it that we're going to see some big scandal of sports betting in some fashion? Like it's, it's like a, it's a great recipe. I'm just, don't know how long that the timer's on before yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> like it, it seems like it's already mixed and it's already like it brewing, but how long is it going to be until some big scandal is going to pop with an athlete or, or someone about sports betting. And, and there have been betting scandals throughout our history. Uh, I think these leagues are aware of the risk of uh, betting, damaging their integrity they still seem to be going full full throttle into the industry though. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what a scandal would look like. Of course, there's some famous scandals like the 1919 Black Sox scandal where some players supposedly threw a ga- the outcome of the game. And I don't know that it would look like that, but um, when you have sports betting becoming this big of an industry, it's almost difficult to see how this doesn't end badly in some way for, for the leagues in in some way, Um, you know, especially with the lack of regulations at the federal level and every state's coming up with their own rules. I think I mentioned this previously to you, I guess if there's one slight silver lining, I, I, I am heartened that the NCAA is not embracing, is not partnering with a sports book. They officially still oppose sports betting. Um, you know, if they joined a sports book and turn, you know, March Madness into this, you know, very, exp- I mean, I, I realize people bet on March Madness. Of course, everyone has office pools. Well, not everyone, <laughs> but there's plenty of them out there. Right. But, you know, to imagine the NCAA formally partnering with a sports book, I mean, to me, just, I mean, it's really, it's a distasteful thought just as a fan. 
I mean, granted, I'm voicing concerns about this publicly, but I would think a lot of fans would be turned off by that. I, it just I seems don't know. harder to how do you separate yourself from something you're developing closer ties with? Like that just, I don't know how you would manage that by saying this isn't good for us. This is, this carries so much risk, but on the other hand, we're going to get some advertising from them or we're going to like, it just seems the, the closer it gets, it's harder to separate the risk. And well, it certainly makes Pete Rose's sins uh, seem smaller uh, by comparison. I mean, yeah. Pete Rose, of course, famously was denied entrance into the Hall of Fame over a, a gambling related scandal where he bet money on games, not his games, supposedly, but other games. And, and you kind of look at that now from the context of what's going on. And I mean, who knows if these players are all you know, betting on, maybe not, they're not betting on games in their league, but they're betting on other leagues. And, you know, who knows how intertwined all this is. Uh, it's just, it feels like society in general is, I mean, it's maybe a cliche to say is, is kind of losing its moral compass on this issue, but it, it does feel like, like all the kind of, um, social barriers we put up with gambling, you know, at least to create some friction, at least to, you know, offer some resistance to ha maybe have people think twice about it are kind of falling. Yeah. They're getting, they're definitely getting lower and not just lower, but also being spread out. So it's not just like, Oh, we're, we're changing what you can do at the casino. It's now there's a casino technically in your hand and that just changes things in so many different levels, which is, what gambling is going through. I think when we talked about silver linings, I think one of them would be, is I would hope that with all of the technology, that if something were to happen, it can be caught sooner because gambling just has this historical, especially with problem gambling and people who, who develop like addictions is gambling is so hidden often and it goes unnoticed. I'm at least hoping now that with, because it can be like tracked and monitored and someone might find out a lot sooner that if someone is doing something and they're, they're not supposed to be, or that they're beginning to have troubles that it's going to be more noticeable sooner. And maybe we can help address it versus waiting until it's like crashing down. Cause with gambling, that's a very noticeable difference is that, often when someone seeks help for a gambling problem, it is when it's like a really, really like at their low, the, the suicide rates are, are really high. So it's mostly when it gets so bad that someone finally seeks help, maybe with some of the technology and some of the ways that gambling is being made available. Now we can actually see it a lot sooner before it gets to that point. And I think if you did like talk to some of the sports book companies, um, not that I'm trying to make their case, but I think what they will tell you is that they do have uh, mechanism systems in place to try to, um, oh, shoot, sorry. They, they do have some things in place to uh, flag those problems. And I think they will tell you that.
Yeah. It's it was I I was in Vegas and um I saw this ad that was talking about knowing how to play, like knowing the rules and knowing the payouts and all that stuff. And and I was at first I was like really happy about that because it's amazing when you when you talk with people with about gambling, it's amazing what they don't know. When you compare it to some other things like alcohol, drugs, it's really amazing the kind of education you have to teach people about gambling. Everything from like rules of a card game to payouts work to how a slot machine works. Like some people think a slot machine, like the the pictures on it means something. And then a lot of us who know about this know that those pictures don't mean anything. So I was really excited when I saw that this casino was like saying, let's, you know, educate, learn how to play the game, make sure you know what's going on. And then right below that advertisement, it was like become a rewards member to find out. So now I was like, I was like, Oh, like there's that little like pull to get them in to become like a member to then access that. But I think things like education, awareness knowledge like you shouldn't have to jump through hoops or you shouldn't have to get more involved to learn about those types of things and and that's where i think like some kind of better regulations uh would i mean when when the supreme court struck down this federal law that had mostly restricted legal gambling to las vegas and a couple other states that didn't mean that there couldn't be federal like federal regulations in place. It just couldn't be that specific one. And, you know, our Congress has not stepped in to sort of fill that void. Um, because I, I don't know how you get these companies to do the right things in terms of being transparent, in terms of making sure that people know what they're doing uh, without some kind of regulation that requires it. Yeah, that's the scary part because like if I if I were to say, yeah, I do want to learn more so that I can be smarter about gambling or maybe so I can make sure I'm clear about it. But by signing up or by being like a member, I'm already getting closer to that gambling experience. So like if there's a if there's an app that allows you to do it and it says Hey, sign up and you can do all this. Like now you're already in the app. Now you're already kind of like closer to that gambling before getting the education about it. Like we would hope you would get the education and the knowledge and the awareness before engaging in it. It's not that easy to do once you already start. It's, it's a very backwards way of, of trying to to educate people on on it is let them start doing it let them start playing it well and then it if might you want to know <laughs> and it and it seems backward from our standpoint but from their standpoint you know they're just thinking about it from a marketing angle um and so that you know that's why he, why that's i think that's why it plays out like it does where you know you have to sign up to be a rewards member first uh, rather than making the education the priority, which is where I think some re- regulations could, again, you know, maybe help create some barriers or some standards that all these sports book companies would have to follow. 
In your article, you, you gave some really good tips. Um, one of them we kind of talked about with talking to kids. And I, th- I think we did a lot with, we've talked about having the conversations that's going to have to happen, like with, uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, other things. There's parents, teachers, coaches that should be aware of these things. The, the other tip you gave was pointing out gambling type mechanisms. And, and this is one of the things I like to do when I educate about gambling because of seeing it in other things like video games, seeing it in social media. Like once you start to see that, the the awareness sort of really kind of grows. I'm curious, like since you started looking into this and being aware of it, have you started seeing gambling a lot more in like non-betting type things? You know, um, I, I wrote that section based on my reporting from that, that UK uh, expert. And I mean, you know more about it than I do, uh, because as a parent, I don't personally, in, well, I'll just say this outright. I don't actually have a smartphone and I really only use, um, I mean, I'm not against technology, but I just use it, you know, I just use specific specific things um, on a desktop or laptop computer. And so, and, and meanwhile, my, my, our kids, they don't have much screen time too. So I'm actually not, you know, I have to educate myself about that because I really haven't seen, um, I haven't seen it for myself. All I know is that, look, this is, this is how, this is how it can work. Um, it's amazing. Like that's, that's where I think parents need to that's why parents need to learn about gambling because it, it is so embedded in other things. Like a, a example that I first learned about years ago was like those online dating apps, you know? So you may okay. have heard of those where you kind of like, Oh, sure. I mean, I'm swipe. familiar with all yeah, this, yeah. So, I haven't used it. Yeah. So like when you do like the, the whole swiping one way, swiping the other, they look at that, that has the same behavioral reinforcement as a slot machine. So oh, how that okay. works with like you swipe a couple ways and it's kind of like when you pull the handle or press the button and you, you don't win anything Then all okay. of a sudden you, you find one that's kind of like the other way. That's like a little bit of like dopamine hit that like okay. that feels good. And that, so it's kind of like those little wins followed by a lot of losses. Wow. And, and that's where I love educating people about things like that, because those are the, the, gambling mechanisms you find in things like dating apps, social media, video games. And we know youth and even like young adults and even adults are engaging in those things. There's gambling mechanisms in a lot of that stuff. Well, I'm sure just your typical social media scrolling is, I guess you could argue is like a, like a slot machine. You're just kind of waiting for the next thing that grabs your attention and you know, you just keep spinning it and spinning it until you find something. And that's, yeah, where we, I mean, and that's where we talk about how kids and look at sometimes gambling has that definition of risking something of value. Now, value in old school gambling is like money, right? But with kids today, it's been identified that like value in currency is, is not just money. And that's something to pay attention to that there are things that, that they really value 
that now can be put at risk for some of these type behaviors that you might look at and be like, well, that's not gambling. It's not the traditional sense that we might think of, but if this person's spending a lot of time, a lot of money, and there's some kind of like risk involved, that's considered gambling. It might not be casino gambling, but that is gambling. See, on this issue, I've learned more from you than I think from from anybody else, because I, I don't think the vast, vast majority of people at all associate those types of things with gambling. Um, you know, I think of them as manipulative um, in, you know, driven, you know, we've learned about how they're driven by algorithms and, and you're constantly giving your these different companies feedback as to how you use your phone. Um, but yeah, I mean, thinking about it as gambling, I think is, is really appropriate. I just think that's where the, the education, the awareness that when you, the, the, we've talked about this in the, in the radio show that we did is you used to a mom or dad walk downstairs and find their kid playing poker with some friends. And it's just very obvious. Like it's, it's right. there, like you can see that. And it's, there's no question what they're doing, but nowadays you, you walk downstairs and you see four or five friends all on their phones. You might ask what they're doing and they might give you whatever kind of answer, but they could be sports betting. They could be playing a game that has gambling in it that you just don't see it as easy anymore, but yet it's right there. Well, and I mean, just to talk about my own personal experience with gambling when I was in high school, maybe early twenties, when we would go to each other's house on the weekend, we would play poker. And um, I, I generally have, I have positive memories of that experience i mean it didn't lead to anything um i mean it was really a social experience um but then not only that it was limited to that time and place so you know maybe we did it once a week if we could all get together but if not then you didn't do any gambling you know that was it but then also when you left there wasn't like a group of companies out there that were aware that you had just been playing poker and now they were going to put in front of your face, a bunch of ads to have you continue to play poker because it was just between us. And, you know, there was no outside marketing pressure thrown upon us to try to get us to do more and more and more of it. And, and plus, it was just, it was largely a social event. I mean, if I think about it, it was just a really, from the poker nights, we went out and did something else. You know, while we're playing poker, we decided what restaurant we were going to go to. I mean, it, it was just, it, it had, I'm not going to say it was innocent, because of course, I guess you could still have problems come out of that. But um when I think about what kids are facing today and how gambling has taken such sophisticated, complicated forms, plus we were all fully aware we were gambling, right? Like you said, you know, there was no question that uh, what you're doing, you know, that's all the more reason to try to educate kids and have these discussions about what's going on because you can fall into this without even really being aware of it. Uh, I think that's a really good point. 
I remember same thing when I was in high school, like we used to do a regular poker night for a while. Um, I was in high school when like poker really like boomed back in like 2003 was like when I graduated and that's when like Texas Hold'em like really took storm and they were starting to show, show, um, talk about sports. They, they would show Texas Hold'em world poker on, on ESPN. See, I was playing poker before it was even a thing on, on TV. Um, it, it, you know, there wasn't any real romance around it other than the fact that it gave us an excuse to get together. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember when that started to take off. Yeah, so we used to do that. But like the another thing that's changing now is we used to do, I remember it used to be $10 buy-in. And then if you lost, you could buy 10 more in. And then that was it. Like that was, um, if you lost right away, like within the first couple of hands, you had to learn how to sit there and like either watch TV or or hang out with everyone and and not play. The concerning thing with how technology is, we see this with like purchasing things now is like with a click. It's like with a reload. Like that's so different than how it was before with like, I brought 20 bucks with me. That's all we're Mm -hmm. playing with. If if I lost 20 bucks, you know, like that's it. I'm not running home. I'm not going to like a a ATM to (laughs) pull money out. But nowadays with how currency is with, with ways of money, when we talk about things with value, it's so easy to ignore like the financial part with that where you can just reload for some you know hit this and get this and that's it just automatically charges or it automatically goes to your account like those are mechanisms that are really hard to maneuver in comparison to the past right And, and you're not even getting a for a lot of this stuff you're not even getting a social benefit out of it i mean again when i talked about those poker nights i mean i think back uh about that group of friends and just really good memories and just talking and laughing and you're not getting that you know when it's the same problem with social media you know you're not getting any real social benefit out of it, even though it's called social media, it's such an isolating, um, almost artificial experience. And um, it's, uh, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's a totally brave new world as far as like, what kids are facing, you know, with the merger of gambling and technology. I know your article, um, towards the end of it kind of talked about like, this is a, we're conducting a, a massive social experiment on the kids. And it's, it's a mix with like technology, social media, gambling. You know, my concern is that gambling out of all those is probably looked at the least, um, probably one that's not the most worrisome, but it, historically, if things get so bad, then we're going to be like, well, what happened? And at least here you are um, talking about it, writing an article about it at a real pinnacle time, because it's just, it's not slowing down. It's, it's going to keep growing. And it's good that at least there are people talking about it like yourself. 
Yeah, and I think I when you talked about the social experiment on kids, um, Keith White of the National um, Council on Problem Gambling mentioned that. And he's also said, like, we're in the first inning of this. I mean, it's probably going to be years uh, before if I mean, I don't know if, it, if anyone is actually going to stand up and you know say, hey, this is out of control. I mean, I, th I see some parallels between this and the opioid crisis in terms of the scale of the problem. Um, but I, you know, it's hard for me to say whether or not, you know, anyone's going to really put the brakes on this in the same way that they have put the brakes on the opioid issue. Yeah, the, the concern would be is with, with gambling, those consequences become, like I said, higher suicide rates. You look at some of the, the, the big financial devastation that can happen, which those are right. significant ripple effects. You just don't want right. it to be where someone finally says, hey, we got to pay attention to this because of now look at what's happening. Like we can we can do things now. And, and even on this this episode, we've talked a bunch of ways of how parents, you know, educators, you know, uh, coaches, you know, how a lot of people can at least start to put some prevention barriers and education in place as this, this grows, because if it does, and we don't do that, you're really putting yourself in a very difficult, it's like, you're trying to come back. You'll, we'll use a sporting comparison here. It's like, you're also trying to come back down 20 with two minutes to go. And you're like, well, we got to really come back now and try to win this. It's like that. You really put yourself in a really terrible position to realize now we need to do something about it. Right. Well, I mean, unfortunately with so many issues like this, we end up kind of, you know, we end up learning the hard way. Um, people who speak about this stuff early are usually dismissed. There's billions of dollars driving this uh, industry. And I mean, their profits are just growing exponentially. Um, I don't see anyone getting in the way of this unless it, unless, you know, enough families are hurt because this isn't just about helping kids, even though that's the focus of the article, like you mentioned, there's a ripple effect here. I mean, if a kid's life is devastated over a gambling addiction that has kind of morphed out of sight, the parents are going to get sucked into that. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to, um, you know, put a lot of stress on them too. So. Yeah. And it, it does, it, it ripples and it, it affects a lot of people. So it, it just can't go unnoticed, but the kids is the concern right now because it just seems that the sports betting has that draw or target that makes it more at risk right now. And it's a, it's a, it's a, a time where this is needed. And you also mentioned you're, you're about to have another article released. Is that correct? Yeah, it's going to run. Um, well, it's supposed to run Sunday in the Wisconsin state journal, which is in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, it's just a piece basically raising a lot of the issues we have here. I also, one thing I propose in the article that I would love to see more states look at is, you know, I kind of see this as inevitable, but if it is inevitable in terms of the expansion of online sports betting, 
why not have state lotteries be the one to have the exclusive rights? That way, at least you can set up a lot of safeguards to kind of flag some of the things you talk about in terms of problem gambling. But not only that, all that really wasted money that goes towards betting on the outcome of games, you can cycle that and bring that back into your community. I mean, states run lotteries. Why can't they run sports books? Um, and then you can have, then at least these states can have a little more control over how this stuff gets presented. I will say Norway does it, that Norway has a state run sports book. And in fact, if you notice, Norway won the most medals in the Olympics. And that's how they largely fund their sports programs throughout the entire country. Mm. that they have a system set up where you place a bet and you can really pinpoint where you want your losses to go to. If you do lose, um, you know, I don't know to what extent um, it's feasible to do that here, but I would really, if we're going to go, if we're going to go down the, the online sports path, at least here in Wisconsin, I think it would be great to see at least a, study into the feasibility of the Wisconsin lottery um, playing the role of running a sports book. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that's definitely as it, it grows and expands the conversations around it, the talks about it, like those, those aren't going anywhere. I mean, is there going to be happening hopefully a lot more often with a lot more people, more educating. So I'm excited to read that one year. Article was fantastic. I think it's an amazing resource for 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 youth, for parents. Um, it's going to be one that I'll definitely recommend. And the the best place that they can find some of your information is your your website frugalmatic.com, yeah, right? Fr- frugalmatic.com. And it's a, it, the site actually isn't really about sports betting, but about, you know, just a lot of ways to live your life in the way that you're you know, you're saving money and you're making the best use of your time. Uh, you know, I, I talk about digital minimalism as a whole. And so this issue kind of fits into that. Yeah, for sure. And people can also find you on Twitter at Frugalmatic and Facebook as well. And the article is uh, how to teach kids to steer clear of sports betting is, is amazing. I, I, I really encourage people to to read it because it is a great kind of like raising the alarm on sports betting to at least get some attention, get some awareness going. It's a great introduction piece to it. So Andrew, this is the the second time we've been able to to talk about this issue. And I I imagine there can be more talks in the future about it because of the, the experience you bring, especially as a concerned parent. I think that's that's, that's really where I'm great to have. From. I yeah, mean, I, I don't come. I don't come from the perspective of, of a professional uh, within the industry or within counseling, but really, yeah, just a concerned parent. And that's that's what we need to hear, too. Like, we can't forget those and look at it that it's no big deal. You know, everyone's good with it. It's OK. Like, no, there are there are people that are concerned. There's parents that are concerned. There's parents that are bringing up a lot of valid points. And those are voices that we need to hear and to share with others to put some more of these things into place. So uh, I really want to thank you for, for joining and, and talking with me again. It's been uh, a pleasure. 
Yeah, thanks. No, I've, I've learned a lot from you. And so um, I think we should try to keep in touch and just, you know, ex exchange notes once in a while, depending on what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So look out for his newer article that's coming out. Check out the one on sports betting with youth. Follow him on Twitter, Facebook. Check out his website. And hopefully we can just continue to keep the talk about sports betting and in particular the impact on youth going so that they can get the education and prevention and we can help those who more than likely will develop some problems. And with it being a big time with sports right now, in particular sports gambling, it's problem gambling awareness month. This was one of the perfect times to have a conversation right now. So thank you again, Andrew, for, for joining today. Well, thank you for having me, AJ. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening. All right.